You're listening to an encore presentation of Off the Puck Hockey. Off the Puck Hockey is sponsored in part by Hoddle Services. If you're looking for a disc jockey, karaoke host, video jockey to videographer, our company can help. With over 20 years of experience, we would be happy to help with your special event. You can contact us at 226-988-2895 or visit us at our website at hoddleservices.vpweb.ca. That's H-O-D-D-L-E Services. We look forward to hearing from you and helping with your special event. Listen, we got a we got a great guest tonight. We've got uh, David bursting in. That's not actually, <laughs> but now that he said it, I got to call him that every time. Uh, David Burston, uh, scout for the Carolina Hurricanes, thirteen year uh, veteran scouting hockey. So, David, thanks for joining us tonight. My pleasure being on the show, guys. Yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm really excited. I was just saying, uh, you guys seen me rolling in here, getting off the ice. I got my blue trackies on. We're ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ready to talk hockey. So, David, what? how's the quarantine been? What have you been doing these last few months? Uh, you know what? I mean, it's obviously excited to get the hockey back. I mean, um, I think the first and second rounds were some, some outstanding hockey. So it's good to kind of, uh, you know, see it again. It's uh, it's been a bit of a challenge, but uh, you know, getting out there, just trying to enjoy the fresh air, and you know, getting out and biking and tennis and uh, kayaking, some of the kind of the uh, activities I like to do in the summertime. Uh, so it's nice to get a, a chance to do that stuff. Yeah, are you an in shape scout, or are you like an in shape coach like I am? Where you okay? <laughs> I mean, I could always probably lose a couple pounds by <laughs> the donut train. I don't go for fucking for seconds. Yeah, when you're yeah, can when I you're swear at the... on this thing, can I swear on this thing? Yeah, you can. We can, but you absolutely can. <laughs> okay, right. I apologize if I let an F shot out. No, that's all right. That's how it goes. That's, yeah. that's funny, man. Yeah, no. Listen, we're really excited to have you on. Obviously, the Hurricanes had a. You know, a couple a couple seasons. Obviously, bringing Jason Williams or uh, Justin Williams back, and uh, you know, we got some great great prospects coming up Sveshnikov you know tell me tell us a little bit about how you got started just scouting in general yeah that's um so I think it was the first or sorry the second lockout um you know I actually came across this website called McKean's Hockey and at the time they were publishing a draft guide as well wow that's and, old school yeah you know, guys oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, they used to be on the newsstands, and they had a pretty good presence. And I don't know, I came across their website, and I read some of their uh, their scouting reports. And, um, you know, I thought to myself, you know, I-, I think I could do that. So I reached out to those guys, and, you know, next thing I know, I'm pretty much at Kitchener Rangers and Guelph Storm games and just reporting on some players. And, you know, after I did that for a year, and I was fortunate enough to cover one of the Memorial Cups in London, I thought that, you know, if I really wanted to make a kind of a go in hockey, then, you know, working for the website is great, but I probably should try to, you know, dip my toe into, you know, working for a team. So, um, you know, I started hanging around more of the minor midget rinks and started kind of get to know a few people uh, and, you know, network with some guys. And 
I was very fortunate to uh, meet a guy by the name of Dan Halliburton, um, who at the time was a former OHL GM with the Owen Sound Attack, but then more recently, or when I met him, excuse me, he was the director of scouting for the Saginaw Spirit. So we started to kind of, uh, you know, or I started to give him some notes so he could kind of get an idea as to what kind of scout I was. Um, bird dog with them for about a year on some players. He'd kind of give me a little, some assignments. And then the following year for the 91 births, uh, he brought me on, um, you know, on a part-time basis. Nice. Awesome. <clears throat> so yeah, David, uh, I kind of got linked up from you. He'd kill me if I didn't mention him through Pete. I work with him and, uh, yeah. play, I hear you play tennis and stuff with him. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Pete. Uh, don't kill me tomorrow. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thanks for coming on. But anyways, I just kind of wanted to know um, in Carolina there, what, what do you think about the storm surge? You know, I, I thought it was great for the game. You know, we're we're in a non traditional hockey market, and you know, if you can keep the fans um, interested and engaged, I really think that that's also a part of sport. And you know the guys did an unbelievable job with uh all the different storm surges um you know that they would come up with i think one of my favorite ones was the uh the thor and evander holyfield coming out you know i mean and i mean more importantly boys when when the storm surge would come that means that we won yeah so you know i was happy more happy about that and and i think that it's uh uh, kudos to our marketing department. I mean, they do a great job. I mean, I'm sure you guys will also talk about the bunch of jerks campaign. Yeah. You know, these guys are really on top of it. And, uh, you know, it, it really made us relevant and, um, you know, made a lot of people take notice to our team, which is, which is great. You know, it's good to have a, you know, not just a fan base, obviously in, uh, in Carolina, but, you know, hopefully in other markets as well. Nice. And uh, what kind of what's your thoughts on Montreal offer sheet Naho? Yeah, I mean, it kind of made the decision for us uh, very easy, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, uh, they made the offer sheet, and we, we knew we were going to match. I mean, he is the our franchise player. I think you Absolutely. guys obviously saw it, you know, um, in the playoffs. And if nobody really knew who Sebastian Ajo was or if they were a fair-weather fan – of hockey. They, they certainly knew this year. I mean, I think there was only three guys that scored more goals than Ajo, uh, Matthews, um, Pasta, and Ovechkin. So you're in pretty good company when you're behind those three guys. Um, but uh, I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't have any doubt that he was going to re-sign with us. And um, you know what? It's, uh, it's great to have him for the next few, uh, five years. Absolutely. And I'll uh, ask one more quick one before I throw over to Jen, but being a huge Leafs fan and uh, happy to get rid of him, how do you find Jake Gardner down there? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jake's come around a little slowly, you know, um, fortunately we've got a pretty deep decor. Um, yeah. So, you know, Jake doesn't necessarily have to play all those um, hard minutes, um, not to suggest that he can't, yeah. but um, you know what? Uh, it's, you can be a little bit of a different player. You can, uh, you can, you're in a little bit of a different market where, you know, I mean, I was at that game where he coughed up the puck against Colorado and I, I think they were ready to run him out of town and, yeah. and uh, land. Oh, yeah. um, so, you know, I mean, that that's the pressures of playing in Toronto are great when you're, you know, you're obviously producing, but you know, if you're not, it, it can be a very hard place to play. Um, 
I might be aging myself a little bit, but I remember Larry Murphy, you know, a Hall of Fame guy who they kind oh, of ran yeah. Yeah. a little bit too, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Jake's Jake's assimilated well with us. I mean, he's he's going to be moving forward with us. He's he, we did try to we did give him second unit power play. Um, you know, I think that he made some strong plays uh, in the Boston series. So um, he's getting more acclimated within our systems. It's the first year we've got him for three more years. So um, he's he's a good piece of the uh, of the equation. Nice, Jen. You brought up you brought up the bunch of jerks, and this is a big thing mm. for me because I mean where it stems from. Um, I'm a big Don Cherry fan, have been my whole life. I uh, don't agree with everything he says, but I still love him to pieces. Um, with that, what did you what did you take from all of that, from where it originated and how like how it impacted Carolina, the team itself? Yeah, I remember, okay. Jen, I remember watching that coach's corner and I like Don. I've met Don on many occasions. If you if you want to meet Don, he's no stranger to the Don Mills arena on a Tuesday night. He's always watching minor midget hockey games, um, you know, with his son. Uh, who's also works for the OHL as a scout. And, um, you know, I, I love watching Don Cherry, but, you know, he criticized my team when I was with the Sioux Greyhounds. He called us a bunch of hot dogs, and then he criticized my team here by calling us a bunch of jerks. Um, I, I understand where he was coming from, um, you know, and I think I think more priceless than the actual comment itself was the fact that, Don, Don was so shocked that, you know, I, I called these guys a bunch of jerks and now they're making t-shirts and they're, they're running with it. So. Yeah, they're making I, money I, and I'm not getting any freaking money from it. That's what yeah, he's mad he about. Any, yeah. That's what he was he's mad about. His, he's got his rock and sock and royalties for the last 25 years. I think he's okay. But, um, you, you know, Jen, it was. Oh, yeah, I think first, he's just. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, was, no, no. Your internet's oh. on the on the hiatus tonight. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. What, I do have what, one of those t-shirts. I have one of those t-shirts, and I, I I liked what it did for the for the franchise. I think it gave a boost, like not like right down from the fans, right to the players. It all it all fared well for you guys, I think. Yeah, for sure. I I I think it was. I think when we originally watched it on the coach's corner, I remember um, us watching the game and. And he had called us a bunch of jerks and then a, a bunch of the scouts, well, we're always kind of texting back and forth. And we're like, you know, you don't have to call us a bunch of jerks. But then when our, our like I said, our media guys kind of switched it and, and played it into our favor, I think we all just kind of got a kick out of that. And I think realistically it was good, great for the game. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that T-shirt sold in every single um, NHL market. So yeah. it wasn't just – Love it. Yeah. It wasn't just limited to Carolina. Like everybody got a, a you know a piece of that. Like Jen, I'm, I'm assuming you're probably in southwestern Ontario, and you have one of those shirts, right? So, I'm in Toronto, and I do have one of those shirts. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fantastic. I think that's the beauty of sports, right? <laughs> I love that when you when you can write off something. Now, I wanted to ask you through your whole career, it, was, it stems over a decade. It's a long time. What's one of the like the most memorable highlights nice. um, for you um, with your with with your scouting um yeah great question i mean like you, you gain a lot of friendships and you know you obviously watch a lot of great players and you know you have fond memories of that i mean and you know i i think you know obviously just embarking on my second stint here in the nhl which should be exciting and it'd be great if we could win a stanley cup but 
Um, I, I think if I had to really narrow it down, um, our 98 draft with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, if, if you look back at that, uh, I don't want to sound pompous when I say this, but I challenge any other organization to have a draft like we had in there. I mean, we had, I don't, we had at least eight or nine, eight guys that got drafted into the NHL. Um, um, we had players that didn't, even, awesome. that didn't get drafted into the NHL, but were like very, they were star players in the OHL. You know, I think about Boris Kachuk. I think about Taylor, Tyler Radish, Taylor Radish, sorry. I, I think about um, Jack Apaka. Uh, I think about Timmy Gettinger. I think about, um, um, my goodness, Connor Timmins. I think about Mac Hallowell. Like these are all guys that we drafted in the same draft that are, you know, knocking on the NHL door. And in Connor Timmins' case, he's already there. So um, I think collectively, um, that that was that was a very proud moment for me, Jen. And uh, you know, when you think about just the success that we had for years after that, because of that one strong draft, like that that's essentially where you make your money as a scout, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it feels good too. Right. Like yeah. even listening to you talk about it now, it's like, that's, I felt it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm emotional towards it now too. Because yeah. Of you. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's great. I mean, I, like, I think about a guy that we drafted in the 14th round. I mean, he carved out a, a four year career in the OHL. Like that's the 14th round. Like there was 285 players that got picked before this guy, you know, that's good to hear. I like that. Yeah. Right on. So you're obviously now. Did you start out in the? Um, it looks like you went right to a pro scout as of um, as opposed to coming on as an amateur scout. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, how that all kind of shaped out? We were playing in the OHL finals, uh, Sioux versus Hamilton, and I, I ran into an old colleague of mine, uh, Rick Dudley. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar. I know with Rick. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Rick's, I mean, uh, he's a long 40 year guy. Yeah, he's been there forever. Yeah. I mean, he should name the scout. If, he, if there's any scouting awards, he's probably <laughs> going to get it. I mean, uh, there's, there's very few people that you'll find that will work harder than Rick Dudley. I mean, Rick Dudley will drive Crazy. hours one way to watch a game and then drive back to Lewiston, New York. I mean, <laughs> the work on this guy is, is, yeah. yeah, it's it's unparalleled with the with his peers. But so we we met um, and then we started chatting a little bit and he kind of asked me what my plans were for the following season. And and, um, you know, I wasn't entirely sure, to be honest with you guys, I was kind of in limbo. And he says, well, we might have an opportunity for you. And called me shortly after our game six loss, unfortunately, and uh, basically asked if I wanted to do pro scouting because he was head manning the, the pro scouting department and he wanted me to work with him. And I said, well, Rick, I hadn't really done that before. He goes, no, no, it's, it's much easier. Don't worry. You'll, you'll enjoy it better, better food. So uh, <laughs> he kind of sold me on that. And, um, you know, he brought me on and uh, he brought on, he basically formulated the entire pro staff for the Carolina hurricanes. And he brought on a bunch of other guys, some guys I actually knew as well from uh, the West coast. So it was a really good group. And uh, I'm kind of glad that I made the transition because, you know, it's um, it forces you to look at players in a completely different way. You know, in amateur, you're trying to kind of determine if this guy can play, um, you know, you're really making some kind of hard decisions on guys that, 
you know, it may not materialize at all, or it may take three or four years for you to kind of see if, if, if that guy, you know, had what it takes to make it. Whereas in the pro side, you're really kind of looking at filling some kind of some holes, um, you know, and Adam, you mentioned a little bit of Jake Gardner yeah. and, you know, on the pro side of things, when we looked at a player like Jake Gardner, we thought, okay, like here's a guy that's traditionally put up points. We can get him on a four-year contract at $4 million. We thought that's pretty good value in terms of putting him into our, our kind of our number four spot. And maybe in a perfect world, he could be a number three. So on the pro side of things, you look at things a lot more differently in terms of where does that player exactly fit, you know? Or if you start looking at some fourth liners now, or, you know, I mean, pro scouting, you're not really looking at Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, right? I mean, if those players are readily available, it's, it's pretty much a no brainer, like Svechnikov or Ajo, right? But I mean, what we are looking at is, could, is Andreas Janssen, is he better than what we currently have? Can he kind of be an upgrade in our, you know, on our right side on the first or the second line? So it's, it's, it's really, uh, it was a little bit different for me, uh, Tyler, but it, it's, it's been a healthy transition and it's kind of forced me to look at the game in a, in a different way. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy I made the move. Yeah. And David, I just want to follow up quick. So are they having you go into NHL and AHL ranks or are you just basically in an NHL rank most of the time, just trying to, to figure it out? There's only six of you typically on a staff. I think how many are, I think there's only six post scouts on Carolina from what I was reading. Yeah. Yeah. You could be right. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the boys all in one room and yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So just, again, just to reiterate the question, like what's, uh, are you in an HL rank, HL rank? Both, both. Yes. Yeah. So You're in both. Okay. I'm assigned a certain amount of teams and then obviously I have to know their affiliates as well. So, I mean, it's very important for us to know about the, the players that are in the AHL because, you know, there's a lot of players that sometimes get buried and, yeah. uh, know they um for whatever reason whether it's coaching or systems um you know that's where we essentially have to make those you know those difficult decisions and um you know with the cap structure in place the way that it is now it's very important for you to be able to get good players that can play but you know aren't making that much right you start looking at fourth line players and you know you really don't want to get you know you don't really want to have too many players making you know, um, a large chunk of money because, you know, now, unfortunately, that has to go to, you know, the Marners of the world or once again, the Svechnikovs, um, you know, um, because those guys essentially want to get paid. And, and those are the guys that are putting the puck in the net. But you still do need to kind of, you know, make sure you know each AHL team, um, because if there is a player that comes up and, you know, he can play and he's making 800,000 and he can be, he's, he's a better substitute than what we currently have. You know, every single dollar matters. For sure. And you can, go ahead. No ladies first. Okay. (laughs) It's burning on me. Okay. So I imagine David, you grew up um, a Leaf fan. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. my question is, um, do you still kind of follow them, even though you're working for a different franchise? Um, just kind of pull for them silently. And then the second part of this question is, if you were high, if you were offered a job with, say, the Boston Bruins or the Ottawa Senators or the Montreal Canadiens, a team that, you know, Toronto doesn't have the, the best history with, would you be able to walk onto that job 
clear headed and I'm here to do a job or would be some reservations there. Now I ask this is because I aspire to coach in the NHL one day and I've racked up quite a few rivalry teams. So. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Let me see if I can double back here. Uh, Yeah. So uh, obviously love the Leafs. I mean, I have fond memories of uh, watching Wendell Clark get drafted first overall and then being really disappointed because Gary Suter won the rookie of the year. And I mean, we, I mean, we had, there were some sort of some very long years in the late eighties with the Leafs, but, you know, Cliff Letcher took over in 93 and those were exciting times. And then, you know, even, you know, going into the early two thousands, unfortunately the Leafs haven't had much success, I guess in the last 16 years in the playoffs. But um, I, I've, I've known Kyle Dubas personally since he was 18 years old. Um, we've traveled to Europe a few times together when he was an agent, um, you know, and, I've no doubt that he'll be able to write that ship and, and hopefully they'll be able to come back next year. And, uh, you know, with Sheldon Keefe a full year behind the bench, um, I, I think they're doing a lot of good things. And I think they actually have, a, I mean, not think, I know they have a lot of talent uh, to win games, but, you know, like every single team in the league, you always have to learn from losing, right? I mean, you, the Edmonton Oilers learned it from the Islanders and, and the Pittsburgh Penguins and so on and so forth. I don't need to get into the hockey history, but um, to answer your question about other teams, you know, Boston or Montreal, um, you know, ironically enough, I was speaking with those teams uh, before Carolina in, in um, previous years, but didn't get the job. So um, it's, uh, you know, you're always loyal to your team, but, uh, you know, if there's a good opportunity that comes along and, you know, obviously a chance to win the cup, which is really why we, you know, go to all these games, um, then you certainly have to look at it. But right now in Carolina, I think that we've got a solid nucleus. I, I think we've got a great group of guys uh, in terms of our scouting staff. And then uh, more importantly, I, I think we have uh, the coaching staff that can really kind of push our players to get the most out of them and, uh, you know, hopefully keep pushing towards uh, our eventual goal of winning the Stanley Cup. Nice. I'm here for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so David, uh, you kind of touched there on uh, Dubis a little, or I just you said Keith, but how about you worked there with Dubis and Keith? Did you kind of know that they were headed there to the NHL, and uh, what do, what do you think about them? Yeah, I. Um... You know, I, I guess that's a great question because um, other guys on our staff, when Kyle got the job, they, they all said to me, they're like, yeah, I knew Kyle was destined for, for big things and, and he was going to go to, uh, well, you know, that he was going to go to the NHL. And I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of a bias, but I was just always kind of remember Kyle as kind of, you know, um, uh, I, I, I guess I never really thought of that, but. I, I had an, I have well, still have utmost respect for him. Yep. And I know he's an incredibly smart uh, hockey guy. I know a lot of people like to kind of label him as, you know, this so-called analytics guy, but make no mistake about it. Kyle has a very sharp eye for talent as well. And that was very evident, you know, in our drafts. And I guess one of my only regrets, um, you know, with Kyle was that we didn't get a chance to work longer together in the Sioux. Um, you know, he hired me on. And then I think after our second year, uh, you know, he went to the Leafs organization. Um, so it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm elated for him. And, uh, you know, we had some other scouts that, you know, also moved on from the Sioux Greyhounds to, to work for the Leafs. And I ended up working for Rick because, you know, I've had a, a longstanding relationship with Rick 
who dating back to 2010 when he hired me in Atlanta. So um, the Sioux Greyhounds, I might be getting a little off topic here with your, with your question here, Adam, but Sioux Greyhounds was, was a tremendous stepping stone. If you look at the, not just the players that got uh, drafted out of that organization and that we were fortunate enough to develop and now we're playing in the NHL, but even the scouting staff, uh, lots of guys moved on and whether they're coaching now in the AHL or in the NHL, like Sheldon, or scouting for, for NHL teams. Uh, um, just, just a really strong franchise that uh, was able to not just develop players, but also hockey personnel. What's your thoughts on, uh, cause Dubas is kind of an analytics guy. What's your thoughts on those stats? I think it's, um, I think it's a great way to um, look at information. I think it's a great way to um, try to, paints a little bit of a better picture uh certainly analytics is isn't going away and uh i think if you you know you use it with a grain of salt and don't let it be the absolute measuring stick for a player um then it's just a it's just another um vehicle to extract more information and and we all know information is key so whatever we can uh extrapolate about a player you know we're all too happy to do it but I think the balance between uh, live views and analytics needs to be there because if you focus too much on one uh, or the other for that matter, then, you know, you're, you're not necessarily getting the, the most accurate portrait of a player. Yeah. Did you see uh, Sagan's comments there the other night when uh, <laughs> he was asked about the goal differential? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think somebody else tweeted, which I thought was kind of funny. He goes, "Don't look now, but there's a five eleven goalie going into the Stanley Cup final." And I saw that one too. I love that one too. I absolutely <laughs> love that one. That was oh, it was great. Someone yeah. had the, someone had the similarities between Tim Thomas and Kadobin. It was crazy. They look alike, and like just the way they play and everything is so much alike. It's yeah, it's nuts. It's like the resurrection of Tim Thomas again. Yeah, actually, a big shout out to Matt Riddell, who also worked with us as a, a video scout for us. Uh, now he's a video scout with the Dallas Stars, um, and and you know he's he's hoping to win a Stanley Cup. And yeah, works closely with Rick, uh, with Rick Bonus, and you know hopefully rooting for him. It, it, yeah. Nothing would be greater to to see a former Sioux alumni hoist the cup. Yeah, that's crazy. So David, yeah, you no know, you, uh, yeah, sorry, you, Rick there. crazy. Yeah, it's all right. So. So, David, like I said, you're involved in the Carolina organization. You know, talk about kind of what their philosophy is being instilled upon you from, like, the higher-ups. You know, you've got Darren York, who's your director of player personnel. Um, You know, who are you reporting to on a daily – number one, who are you reporting to on a daily basis? And two, when they're sending you out, what type of player are they telling you to look for? Um, Yeah, so I report directly to Mark Craig, and Mark Craig is the director of pro scouting. Um, you know, if you've ever watched us play, we're very, we're very fast. We're very instinctive. We're, we're hard on pucks. Uh, you know, we, I mean, I know the, um, the statement has gone out there many times is that we play a lot like our coach. And I think that's a very, uh, accurate statement, mm-hmm. um, because it's a highly, highly competitive, uh, team. I mean, you, you look at, I know I keep bringing him up, uh, like he's my, uh, you know, favorite flavor of ice cream, but especially. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, yeah, he's pretty good. She's probably keep bringing him up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not French vanilla. I mean, this guy's got, so, I mean, but you look at how a player like that has developed in our system. Now, I mean, he's, 
you can use him on the PK. He his stick has gotten so much better within a year. His defensive reads, his just his 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 compete level and his back check, and you know we've we've created that culture, right? And everybody is essentially bought in. So we we try to find players, Tyler, that kind of will satisfy that role. Um, you know, obviously hockey sense and speed quickness is is very uh those are very two at strong attributes that players need to possess um you know quickness especially speed and quickness are, are two different things um and uh we try to find players that can really play to our pace um and uh you know if they don't necessarily have that then they really have to bring another attribute to the table but first and foremost i mean i would say that it is it is quickness and hockey sense that are the, the two driving um, uh, characteristics that we look for. Who, who's coming up? I know you can't really say, but there's uh, there's some pretty damn good hockey players coming through this draft. Um, you obviously you've got your Alexis Lafreniere, you've got uh, you know Quentin Byfield. Uh, you know who who do you like that's coming up? If you can say or not. You know, I got to be perfectly frank with you, Tyler, and it's not – I would tell you if I knew, but um, <clears throat> I, I hadn't – I I remember drafting those players because that was my last year with the Sioux. We drafted Ryan O'Rourke as an 01. Um, so I haven't seen these kids in two years, and I know a lot changes. I mean, I remember watching Quinton Byfield playing minor midget for York Simcoe, and, I mean, he, he could do whatever he wanted. He's- I mean, it was, it, was, it was almost like a Lindros kind of – scenario out there you know players would bounce off him and he could skate he could score it was almost the game was too easy for him so um it's not shocking that he's in that discussion for top three or top five jamie drysdale was another guy that i i remember i mean his skating was just off the charts and when you look at players like miko haskinen and quinn hughes and how quickly these play kale mccarr of course how quickly these players have developed because of that the speed and their transition game. I, I would certainly think, you know, that a player like Jamie Drysdale would, would probably be um, highly coveted and, and maybe somebody that you could build your back end around. Yeah. And you've got, you've got Ryan Suzuki coming through your, uh, through your organization there. It looks like he's, uh, he's going to be a big piece. He's only 19 years old. What do you think Suzuki's going to be able to, to bring to your hockey club, hopefully in the next few years? Uh, he plays a little bit different than um, obviously uh, Nick in um, in Montreal. Um, he is a very cerebral player. Uh, he's got very crafty stick handling ability. Um, once again, you know, I didn't see him this year, and then I know he got traded to Saginaw, and he had a he had a pretty good run there with uh, the team. I mean, obviously the, the playoffs got canceled, but I would have thought that Saginaw would have been a deep team to advance. They had a very good team on paper and, and he was one of the driving forces there offensively. So he's, he's going to be an offensive guy for us. I think we were very fortunate that we got him so late in the draft. Um, you know, I think we were probably a little shocked, um, but uh, he's a, uh, He's going to have to obviously work on a little bit on his strength, his skating, of course, um, you know, just being a little bit more, dare I steal the word from Berkey, uh, <laughs> and, uh, nice. you know, I think all those players kind of get to, you know, they, 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 they understand that, you know, and, and they understand that if you're a good organization who constantly communicates with the player and makes them sure, makes them know that 
that they're on the same page as the organization. And like a good employee, regardless of whatever business you're doing, whether it's hockey or an accounting firm, if there's always communication as to what the expectations are, hmm. then we put our players in the best position to succeed. David, how many times would you uh, typically look at a player and what age do you kind of start looking at them? Well, from a pro perspective, it's anybody who's really playing in the AHL or the NHL. So, I mean, the Leafs were obviously my backyard team. So, I mean, I, I probably saw them more times than I, I, I needed to, <laughs> um, you know. But so what we try to do is those teams that are coming through that we don't necessarily get a chance to see that much. Um, you know, we, we make sure that we get good coverage on them, right? Some yeah. of these AHL teams don't come through, uh, you know, at least my area. So yes. they do come, you know. Traditionally, we're trying to see them at least three to four times live. Um, we've got some great scouting software to watch guys on video where there's isolation. Um, that's also been a pretty big component to some of the decisions that we make. Um, and it's, it's, actually been, it's actually been really good. I mean, the, uh, the software that we have, you know, really breaks it down uh, shift by shift. So you can really kind of dissect the skating. Um, you can dissect basically as on-ice awareness. Um, it's a really good tool for, for evaluation. That's cool. Um, could you, what are some kind of tips of advice you could give the younger kids uh, out there looking to be seen or uh, that want to make, like, yeah, get out there. What can they do to be seen? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, when I was trying to break into scouting, I mean, there wasn't something like a, a Twitter, you know, where you could essentially voice and broadcast your opinions, um, you know, to thousands of people. And, you know, I think a lot of, I think a lot of aspiring scouts have used that platform to, to get noticed and uh, you know, to get out there and, and, and have a voice. And, and I know that it's definitely translated into some OHL, WHL, Q or, or NHL job. So I, I certainly think that that's a great uh, vehicle. Um, the other thing is it, it's, a lot of it is networking. And I mean, you know, this from, you know, your work in media. Um, it's if you didn't have that conversation with Peter, I'm probably not on the show. Right. So you're an outgoing guy, you're talking. And I would encourage scouts to do the exact same thing. I mean, talk, to, talk to some of these, uh, you know, head scouts in the uh, minor midget ranks. If you want to go and work for an OHL team or, you know, it's a little bit more difficult in the NHL cause they're a little bit more blocked off, but you know, get out there. Don't be afraid to talk to, to people. I mean, they're, I mean, they're not going to, you know, people aren't going to bite your head off if you ask a question, especially if you come with respect. Um, I think uh, most people would actually be happy to help the person who asked the question. Right. So yes. that's probably my best advice is to network and, you know, take notes and, and don't be afraid. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll follow my rule. I mean, I, I gave my notes to a bunch of guys and, you know, just wanted to hear what they thought. And we're all going to have different uh, opinions on a player. It's a game of perception, but at the same time, you have to make yourself, you know, vulnerable for lack of a better word. And, you know, put your opinion on the line. Um, don't be afraid to talk to people who could essentially uh, help your hockey career. And, um, you know, that if you do that, then at least you put yourself in the best position. You know, you don't leave a ring saying, oh, I should have talked to that guy. Well, why don't you talk to that guy? What, he's, just, he's just another guy who's watching hockey just like you. I'm sure he's happy to talk about the game, you know, as long as, you know, maybe you approach him in the intermission, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and you got to bring David on the road with you. I think Jen would, uh, I think Jen would be an excellent scout and uh, especially on the mental side of things, she can give you a hand there. That's David, I don't good. think I've met anybody as passionate about hockey as this, uh, as Jen. 
just fired up all the time. Yeah, I'm so upset there's no games tonight. Like, That's what I, I said. What's going on? Are you killing me? Resorted to read a book. That tells you all. Yeah, well, no. I got the hockey Anybody checking the J? I was going to say, like, I know we're, yeah, we're talking, we're talking about Leafs and stuff, but how about those Yankees up 13 to 1 on our Blue Jays? Are they alive? Absolutely, absolutely thumping. What was it last Eight night? Like 27 20 to 6. <laughs> 20 to 6. Like, I was like, I'm like, what is going on in baseball? Like, that's one of the things I've noticed in baseball this year is, like, the scores are out of this world. Ready for postseason. Man, I know this is a, a hockey show, but to be honest with you, like, baseball's been crazy this year. And obviously, with football being back, that's huge for uh, – you know, obviously in the gambling world, I know Styles. You're a big. You're a big. What are you, Packers? Packers you're, you're Packers. We got Jens, a Packers, Steelers fan. Where you, David? All my, all my, basically lost every fantasy player in the last two uh, two days are because uh, of injury. David, are you a football fan? Uh, you know what? I used to follow it, Tyler, when I would play fantasy. But then, like when I started scouting, Sundays were kind of you know, uh, a scouting day, you know, you're in the yeah. you always in the rink or video or something like that. Yeah. You couldn't really follow it so much. So I kind of lost touch with it. I mean, still obviously cheer for the, the bills and the bills mafia, but I, uh, you know, getting back to the baseball, it's, it's been insane. Like I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I mean, I imagine if you're betting over under, like you're oh. winning your bet by the second inning, I'm looking at some of these box scores and like, Seven, yeah, no, no. nine, eleven runs are being scored in the bottom of the second. <laughs> <laughs> giving away runs like candy. I mean, just like I got to get on this batting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's been that's wild. Enough. Speaking of wild, great transition. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. Uh, wild trade. Uh, big here. trade. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what though? Screw that guy. I've been saying how long have we been saying like no big deal for? Like Styles, we've known each other now how long? Fourteen years. Twenty yeah. years old. We've known each other. I no, no big deal has been around forever. And it's like they've coined the phrase. Yeah. So it is what it is. So I guess that happens. But uh, wild trade. Uh, Eric Stahl to the Sabers for Johansson tonight. Um, you know, obviously Eric oh, Stahl was. A, yeah. Where have you been? Thanks for catching up. Uh, Eric Stahl was, uh, you know, Eric Stahl was a pretty big piece there in Carolina for the longest time. And now obviously making a move, you know, you see a trade like that and you're a pro scout, you know, for me, that screams leadership trade. How often, you know, like, okay, when you're in the room, this is, this is something that's always been curious to me. You're a pro scout. You're about to make a leadership trade. Which I think this is, I don't think it's a skill trade. Well, obviously Stahl is putting up 20, 30 points a year, but you know what what's what's the i guess the justification in that room behind we're going to trade stall for johansson in your best estimation well i'm the sabers you're absolutely right it is a leadership move you know you want to take a little bit of pressure off jack eichel he's obviously going to get slotted right in that second line second line center position uh here's a guy that's you know won the cup here's a guy that's a you know, a seasoned veteran. I mean, he broke into the league at 18. He's 35 now. So, I mean, we're looking at 18 years in the league. Um, the Autumn miles. Thing, like, he, he gets it. So, um, you know, but he's also 35. And then you look at Minnesota, and they're kind of moving in a different direction, you know, with some of the trades that they've made. And Johansson, Johansson is, is 29. And, you know, make no mistake about it, Johansson is a very good player. And I think that he's, I think both players are going to fit in well. I think Johansson's probably a little bit better on the wing than up, up front where they are up d- down the middle where sometimes the saves played them. But 
that's just that's just a good move for both. I mean, I think that it's going to give them more skill on the wing and for this for this wild, excuse me, and for the Sabers, you know, you've got a seasoned guy up the middle, um, you know, who who hopefully can can kind of settle the guys down. Um, you know, because the Sabres blew a lot of leads or the Sabres didn't necessarily know how to play from behind. And, you know, hopefully a guy like Stahl can kind of, you know, reel the boys in a little bit and and calm them down and and make them a better hockey club. He certainly did with us. I want to go back in time time for a minute. Um, I don't know. I I just like, I like the 90s. In 80s for wow. hockey, so I always go back. Great year, now. great wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, David, I want to know your favorite player back in the day on your team and off your team and why. So, so one that was on the Leafs and your favorite, like, of all time that was not a Leaf and why. Okay, so I mean, it's uh, Dougie Gilmore was uh, was just unbelievable. I mean, I don't I don't know how young you are, Jen, but I mean, when we watched him for those three years, yeah. I mean, those runs. I mean, they're honestly, yeah. if if you were if you guys were old enough to remember that '93 Cup run, um, I was I was I was there. Yeah, the city, <laughs> the city was electric. I'm finding your I'm finding your pitcher styles. I'm finding that pitcher. Was I'm gonna let the, I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let David answer. And while that's happening, I'm about to show all of our viewers what an idiot Styles is. Just Styles is 34. So how old would that have made him? Uh, and what? Uh, seven years old in '93. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait. Show me. Show me the picture with the jersey. No, you oh, no, no. Well, there's that one there, but I got an even better one with Styles being a meathead back in the day when he came to watch me coach at the Air Canada Center, which I did appreciate. <laughs> but it was just funny. I, I've told this story on here before that Dougie got fondled by Adam <laughs> <laughs> without him even knowing it. So I've always enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed that story. It's been so one I, of my I miss your, you, I miss your other, your all-time favorite player, Natalie. I don't know if I got that. Ooh, um, yes. Well, I mean, Gretzky's obviously up there, but I mean, if we want to keep it to the nineties, I don't really think that there is anybody I, I enjoy playing, uh, watching play hockey more than, I mean, it's a toss up. But if you really were pressing me for an answer, it'd have to be Peter Forsberg. Nice. Ooh, there's a good one. That guy's yeah, getting a All right, here, show show Dave. Look at this. Look at look how confused Dougie looks. This is for the people of this world. Look at him. Look at him. Doesn't even know what's going on. Styles walks right up to him, grabs him, and that's his right before my game at the uh, at the ACC. He, oh, he looks like he had a rough night before. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he was looking a little little rough. Oh my gosh. Um, Jen, you got another? You got another one lined up? Um, yeah, your favorite player not on your team now and why? Ooh. Nice. Ooh. And then by your team, I mean and the he's team. a Carolina guy too. You jerk. That's why. <laughs> yeah, you jerk. You big you <laughs> bunch of jerks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a great question. I'm trying to think who, you know, I have like just utmost respect for when I watch him play. Um, geez. Stump. The old chomp, eh? That's the playing dumb. Stump. That's stump my favorite because, game. Because, like, I mean, there's, I mean, obviously, you can you can go with the obvious answer with Nathan McKinnon, and yeah. I mean, few players that just dominate the game like him now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's just he's just so much fun to watch, you know. Like uh, your blind grandmother could pick this guy out. So <laughs> it's just, 
<laughs> I think that that's that's an obvious choice. I was just trying to. I, I was racking my brain, Jen. How about it. Yanni Bleepin Gord from Tampa? Yeah, Yanni. Yanni Gord. Uh, how yeah, about yeah. Yanni Gord coming out of left Gord, yeah. field and being an absolute beast? That whole Tampa team, though, they've got a bunch of guys like that, right? They're all kind of like energetic and spark plugs. Like Tyler Johnson's kind of been a bit of a shit stain for like the last five or seven years, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, they got a lot of rum dogs there, but they can all play. And they, you know, like, I mean, people might have criticized the, um, oh my goodness, why can't I remember the name from San Jose Sharks, the big rig there? Um, Burns? Sorry? Jumbo? Who? Not Thornton or Burns. Thornton no, no, Burns? no. They, they, they traded a first round pick for him. Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, okay. um, God. Yeah. I know that's going to bother me now. But, I you should know, know this. It's my team. Yeah, he's on the <laughs> he's on the line now with Gordy and Coleman, you know, and uh, oh, uh, Bark, Barclay Goodrow. Oh, uh, Goodrow. oh, Goodrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So everybody's Seems kind of. I mean, we looked at that trade and we're like, oh, that's kind of a hefty price to pay. But you know what? That's you know, good on them. Good on their scouting. There's a there's a guy that they they kind of identified that they need that they don't necessarily have, and he's fit in really well with that group. But. Uh, I'm just trying to steal your thunder a little bit, Tyler, on that Yanni Gord comment. Yeah, that's all right. Hey, that's all right. That's why we bring guys like you on. You're the smart. Like I said, we. That's why we bring it on, right? I can't always be the smart one on the show, all right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Sleep at night. So, David, I'll touch back on Carolina. There. What do you think you uh, you guys have to address here in the offseason? Uh, I think. I think right now we're pretty good. I mean, our, our defense is set. Um, be interesting to see if we do anything with our goaltending. But, I mean, we're still we're still okay there in terms of contracts. Um, you know, I think we still probably – I mean, we, we addressed our second-line center with Vinny Trocek. I still think that he can be a good player there. And if you have Jordan Stahl as your third-line center, I think you're doing really well, yeah. you know, in terms of depth. Yeah. Um, be nice to get a little bit, maybe a little bit more scoring punch on our on our wings. But and you got you look at a guy like Nate Cash, and you know he he really uh, he, he's he, he might be one of the fastest players in the league, and he scored 18 goals last year as a rookie. So you know you could say that he's probably poised for a little bit more of a an expanded role and a breakout. Um, so I think we're just you know we're happy with the group that we have now. Um, styles but what we're probably looking at doing is maybe just adding a few little pieces here and there um but i don't i don't think we we really need anything too drastic um yeah. just because the, the core group of players are there so now listen if we could get a, a blake type coleman type player if he was available uh would certainly look at that because i think that he would strengthen us on our second and our third line but um you know i don't you know, I don't want to say I, we're always looking to improve, but there's there's no real glaring weakness at this point. Just upgrades. Hey, you sound, you sound like you've got a great memory, so I'm going to challenge you here just because it's just because I feel like doing it tonight. <laughs> what, uh, could you think you could name every player on your AHL roster? No, Ooh. not a chance. Not no. a chance. Yeah, don't worry. Oh, I, can't name it. I, can't, I got 17 on my team. I couldn't name you four of them. <laughs> we traded we traded half of these guys away at the trade deadline you know, we, we yeah. were we were looking for some players you know um and, and i gotta be perfectly honest with you 
I'm not too worried about our AHL team. We got our coaches down there, and if they don't know the players and if there isn't that kind of a communication, then, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect, right? David Burson isn't going to solve the problems, you know? I mean, I could could probably name the Marlies and I could probably name the Belleville, you know, teams way better and, you know, Utica and that just because I saw them so many times, but – I'm I'm rusty, boys. I've I've been out of hockey game tape here for a while. Like, yeah. it's, it's you know what? And they, and Edmonton Edmonton got signed to Montreal. Um, you know what does Edmonton? You know, like what is Edmonton going to bring to? You, you, I'm pretty sure I was going to say Edmonton played for you guys, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we. Got yeah. So Edmonton, what? You know, what's he going to bring to Montreal? I mean, he signed a nice little sheet there for you four years of fourteen yeah. mil. Yeah, yeah. So he got a little bit of a pay raise. I think a half a mil pay raise. Edmondson's a good character guy. You know, he's a, that he won the Stanley Cup with St. Louis. He was that kind of that prototypical fifth defenseman. And 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 Montreal likes those types of guys, right? They've got some good fluid skaters. You know, like Mete, and then they like to partner them up with kind of like a, a bigger player. So that's kind of their blueprint. So Edmondson fits in really well with that. Uh, good shot blocker bomb from the points um you know sometimes he's he's prone to some defensive lapses you know just due to his footwork but he's just got such a good uh, uh such a large wingspan that he's able to kind of recover or you know get the stick on a player just to kind of slow him down just a little bit and until you know the other guys can uh, recover in the play but uh he's he's a he's a matchup player probably is going to give you a good 16 to 18 minutes uh per night and, uh, you know, he's going to bring some physicality. Hey, David, being in Carolina, how can we not talk about the e-bug? <laughs> Did you get to meet the guy? David I, Ayers. The, 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 oh, the yeah, man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, actually, it's kind of a funny story because um, uh, we had some of our scouts at that game. <laughs> and... Um, so every year uh, for my, my insurance guy, he gives me a couple of tickets to the Leafs. So I keep one for Carolina these last few years and the other sets of tickets I just give away to friends, right? Because, I yeah. mean, I go to all the games. So we had enough guys going there and I ended up taking this, this, this girl who'd never been to a hockey game before. And we, I was watching that game as kind of a fan. Yeah. And I, I remember when, when Reimer went out I text one of our video guys and I said, who the hell's a net for us? Like we got nobody <laughs> on the bench. Like, <laughs> and he goes, we, we got this 41 year old Marley backup goalie. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I hockey DB this guy. There's, there's like no stats on him. <laughs> I'm like, I think we were up four, two or five, two at the time. And then yeah. this guy lets in the first two shots. Yeah. Lee fans are just going crazy. And I got to be honest with you guys. I didn't know that this guy was a Zamboni driver. <laughs> yeah, so when yeah. the fans were screaming, the guy's a Zamboni driver. Shoot on him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, what the, what the hell are they going on about? Like, I didn't know that until the end. Cause this guy was such a relative unknown. Yeah. So, they let in, he lets in the two goals. We get out of that period. I think we were up I don't know, five, four or something, if I recall correctly. Yep. And, uh, and I'm thinking, man, we're finished. Like if this guy can't stop a puck, but I guess, four. <laughs> I guess he, I guess he was like really cool. with the. I mean, everybody knows the story now, yeah. you know, he was really cool with the guys in the, in the locker room. And then 
I, honestly, if anybody watched that game, I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. Ayers, obviously, that's a remarkable story, and it's great for the league. Absolutely. Um, but if you watched the way we – I'd never seen a team clamp down as much as we <laughs> did in that third period. And yeah. you could try to win the cup. <laughs> yeah. We could play like that every single period. Um, you know, we, we beat the Bostons, you know, in the Tampa <laughs> of the world. But, you know, it's so hard to be dialed in like that. But, I mean, it, it was just – it was, it kind of gave me goosebumps. And like, I was literally looking up at the clock, like every minute. And I was like, all right, just don't get a shot. Don't get a shot. <laughs> I mean, so, I, you, got, you got one more there. We got two minutes left. I oh, yeah. Or Jen, Jen. Well, come on, Jen. I mean, that's, a, I that's want, a, I want professional, no favoritism here. I want your professional opinion well, here i mean i'm not i i'm listen i'm not going to kick shade on the leaves but i mean if you look at the last few years i mean we've made it to the semifinals, and you know we made it to the playoff this year right so i think we're a little bit further ahead i think both teams are rowing in the same direction but i mean uh i i, I can't not say carolina jen I, I don't know what answer what other answer you <laughs> look for just try, trying to see where your loyalty is well listen david thanks very much for coming on the show tonight we're again time is always our enemy here on otp when we're having fun so i'd like to thank adam styles and uh, jen the chef as always for for joining me tonight uh you can catch us live on zingo tv channel 250 barnburner network across 122 platforms you can download it on the zingo and the barnburner app on your ios and android phones anytime your roku sticks and on your smart tvs so once again david thanks very much for coming on and uh again i hope to have you back because i mean i think styles has like nine more questions that we didn't yes. get to. jen i'm sure got four or five but again time's our enemy my friend he, he has one friend. of the best gretzky collections i hear ever yeah, yeah, yeah. Gretzky's uh, been a passion of mine and a, a great player. So, yeah, I definitely do like uh, do like Duane. The OHL priority selection has wrapped up, so it's time to check in with head coach and general manager Mike McKenzie. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us again. I know we talked last night about how day one went for you. Day two, you had seven forwards, two defensemen, two goalies. Uh, you know, your overall thoughts on how day two went for the Rangers. Yeah, we were pretty happy overall. I think uh, if you asked all all teams, they're usually pretty happy as soon as it ends and everyone feels like they got guys they liked, obviously, because they made the picks. Um, and the real true test will be in a couple of years when you look back. But no, we're, I think we're pretty happy. We've got a pretty good mix of guys, um, um, good mix of different types of players, good mix of some different positions, couple goalies. So yeah, overall, I think it was uh, went pretty well and we were happy with how it all turned out. Were there any, you know, standouts today that you had specifically targeted that you were uh, rather surprised to see available at, at the point that you got them? Yeah, I think I think in the fourth round, Matthew Andonovsky was a, an important pick for us just because we had him kind of circle as one of the top defensemen at that point. And we really felt that once he was selected, there was a little bit of a dip there. Um, and so we were really happy to select him real quickly with the fourth uh, in the fourth round early on at the start of the day. And then I thought we got two really good American players um, that, you know, are committed to going in the U S program for a couple of years. And um, you know, guys that are pretty high end players um, that we can kind of monitor and see how things go in the next couple of years. And then in terms of the goaltenders, we got two guys that were both really high on our list and, 
in Monaco and Dubai um, that we didn't really expect either one of them to be available, but both ended up being available at those times. So, um, and, and then sprinkled throughout that, you know, you get players like, you know, like a guy like Dylan McFadden and some of the other guys we picked. I, I, I don't have time to name all of them, but um, all guys we really liked, all guys that we, we watched play and thought that there's a certain skill level and skill set there that they can uh, come to camp and at least compete for spots uh, this season and seasons beyond. I had an opportunity, Mike, to talk to almost every draft pick doing these uh, Rangers Vision interviews. One of the things that stood out to me is the sheer excitement uh, of these players for coming to Kitchener. Now, I'm sure that's that way with with most teams, that the players get drafted and, and there's excitement. But when you talk to these players, when you make the phone call, does that resonate with you to hear the excitement uh, for them to come to Kitchener? Yeah, it definitely does. I, I think not just even Kitchener, it's it's great to hear they're excited to come to Kitchener, but just in, in general being drafted, it's great to hear, you know, any kid being drafted and the excitement they have, especially this year. It's been such a difficult year on a lot of the kids, um, you know, obviously not just, you know, minor midget hockey players, um, but, you know, we're talking about them today. So, you know, they missed, they missed hockey. They missed the whole year of hockey. Almost. It was, it was an up and down year. They were playing, they weren't playing. It was just such a unique situation. And you throw in online school and the yo-yoing of the school. And it's just been a really difficult time. I think for a lot of uh, kids, especially teenage kids um, that haven't had the outlets they usually have with recreational activities and, and hobbies and things like that being, being cut out of their life and education and school being kind of, cut out of their life in a, in a certain way. So I think it's extra nice this year to hear some happy voices and some excitement um, of guys being selected. Cause uh, you know, it's been a difficult year for a lot of people. So it was extra nice to see that and hear that today. You know, Mike, you and I have talked about um, the draft a number of times and you've described it, described it to me kind of as your Christmas Eve as you know, as you, as you lead up to it, it's kind of what you build towards. So now that, you finished, you know, three hours last night and seven hours today. Are you ready for the post-Christmas dinner crash? Are you just exhausted from everything that's been happening the last couple of days? Yeah, it's funny how it, uh, you're just sitting there for, for a long period of time. So you shouldn't really feel tired. You're just, you're just sitting there. You're not really doing anything active. Um, but at the end of the day, you always go home and it's just like you've been completely wiped out. Your, your brain's working overtime. It's nonstop thinking and squinting up at the screens and interacting with all the scouts uh, and, uh, you know, through Zoom and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's definitely a, um, a really fun uh, process, um, especially this year um, since, you know, we've been out of the rinks for so long and it hasn't been a really social year to get that kind of social interaction with our scouts through zoom and things like that. But yeah, at the end of the day, it is a, it is a long process and uh, you feel a little bit zapped at the end of the day. So I'm um, looking forward to chasing around two little kids um, shortly here to make sure I'm really. This has been an FHN production. Listen to our new shows every week on Thursdays on any podcast platform. Also check out our weekly live shows on the FHN network and the ASTV network on YouTube or Facebook. Thank you again for listening.